do you want to go back to switching off who br- who brings us in or uh it's it's up to you i don't care i also don't care wow do you want i say let's in? switch it off sure all right you do it thanks rana <laughs> not to be annoying just you know no 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 i lo- no no it's it's us be annoying <laughs> somebody make decisions great cool perfect okay i'm good Stop, stop dancing, you. Hello, and welcome to episode 156 of the Book Wars Pod. Um, I'm Kate, and I'm here with Chris, who is disturbing me with his terrible moves. I like um, how we made it solidly. On the outside. We made it solidly two seconds into your first real episode back before you started yelling at me. It Fuck you, Chris. Never mind. Reprimanding, reprimanding. Fuck you, me. Fuck you Chris. Um, I'm here with this motherfucker, um, <laughs> Rana and Keeks, who's press, pressing the noise buttons. Um, and we are reading um, A Test of Courage by Justine Ireland, which is part of the whole High Republic project. Um, we, are, we will be discussing the whole thing. And as usual, this is a spoiler pod. So if you don't like that, then go away. Cool. Um, so, what are we drinking, friends? Uh, I'm drinking, since no one else dove in, I'm drinking a beer from Full Circle Brewing Company in Fresno, California. Uh, it is a key lime pie sour called Pie of the Tiger. Uh, it is quite good. They have a very like late 90s, early 2000s uh, label on this thing. Like, What's that? Like store that was like kind of a precursor to lids that was just in malls and had like the like you know shitty graffiti style logo spencer's journey spencer's oh uh, no journey journeys journeys uh, really really both any, any. either really yes it doesn't have like the s on it honestly yeah on it <laughs> god yeah for real, <laughs> for real. um lines. so anyway the label has very journeys-esque font Jesus Christ. Um, i'm here for it i like it yeah but it is uh, a sour Ale brewed with key lime, vanilla, and lactose, and Ooh. it is quite good. That, that sounds, sounds so good. Much better than like a couple years back when I had another key lime pie beer on the pod, and it kind of sucked. You hated it. Yeah. Oh, I see. Keeks is drinking a probably the best flavor of seltzer ever. It is and the I'm best flavor sorry of seltzer. Sorry to be annoying, but I have Mm-mm. to ask her to explain it. She's also eating an amazing looking lasagna. <laughs> it's me. It's so from Costco. Hungry. It's okay. I know. It's. Just, it, I don't think I had any vegetables today, but it's okay. Um, I'm cups. drinking a Polar yeah. Premium Seltzer, naturally calorie free ginger lime mule, which is so fucking good. Um, and I'm actually drinking beer today too. I have like three beers with me today. <laughs> Just in case. She has such faith in us. Um, <laughs> I am drinking a, a Bodhi Zaffa. So shout out to Bodhi. Rook. Um, it's the Bodhi Zaffa <laughs> IPA from uh, Georgetown Brewing Co. in Seattle, Washington. Which I don't know whether or not I've had this on the pod before. But um, I was at a thing with people watching soccer this weekend and... This is not the beer that I brought, but one of them ended up in my cooler. So I just opened it up and I was like, oh, 
I have one of these. I'll have this. So, what are you drinking, Kate? I have. Um, does this even have a proper ass name? I don't think it does. Um, it's just sour ale with mixed fruit. Thanks, guys. I like to spray that all over myself. Love elevation. Um, this is from Loveland Aleworks, um, an hour north of us. And they specifically brewed it for Pride Month. And it is fucking delicious. Kettle soured ale with natural passion fruit, mango, and coconut flavor. So I'm very into it. Rana's just like, why don't I have one of those right now? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, it's fucking good. So yeah, if you're interested, definitely like... There, there, there. It's it's still in stock at Hazel's anyway. So, yeah. Wait, maybe I have to go visit you both. Are we all drinking like something that? festive oh, tonight? No. <laughs> I think we're all huh? drinking something like alcoholic and festive tonight. So, or not? Mine's not festive, but it's alcoholic, and it's been. It's this is like the first time in a while that all of us have been drinking. That's <laughs> so true. We should. That's uh, how you know I haven't been on the pod. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but like we usually all like switch off on who's not drinking because we're getting old now, as opposed to when we started this podcast and we were young. Oh um, my, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because we were so young and full of hope back when we started this in 2017, and everything was fucking great. It's horrible, we but not as horrible as now. <laughs> um. Yeah, Rana, what are we drinking? Yeah, um, I think part of why I'm reacting so much to what everyone else is drinking is because this is not what I thought it would taste like. It's good. Um, I'm drinking a Crystal Springs Brewing Juicy Yo, which says it's an ale, well, an IPA ale. Um, I know that's ale twice, IPA with notes. It just says, in my defense, it says India Pale Ale, and then it says ale with. Um, But that's like saying ATM machine. It drives me fucking insane. Oh, no. I hate <laughs> things like hate that. that. It just like makes me want to claw out my eyes. English is not even a real language. If we're going to speak it, can we like not repeat the same word? I don't know. No. I just hate it. Um, it does kind of match Keeks's can. And it um, says it's an ale with notes of tangerine, guava, and passion fruit. However, it is basically, to me, mostly hops. Um, it's decent, but I'm not a big hops person. So I thought I was going to be getting sort of similar to what Kate is drinking of like a sort of fruity. I knew it wouldn't be like a wheat beer, but I thought it would have some like summery fruit aspects. Um, and I'm not sophisticated enough in my beer palate to be able to taste the fruit. So I'm a little bit sad. It's not COVID, I promise. Um, (laughs) but it does have a nice can and, um, yeah, for IPA people who like this, I think they would love it. Um, where is this from again? Crystal Springs? Somewhere in Colorado. Oh, Louisville, which yes. I always want to call Louisville, but it's not. <laughs> I do also want to say I know it's been well documented on the pod, my love of polar seltzer, but the flavor that Keeks is having it's is so good. Phenomenal. And also, <laughs> if you stick it in the freezer for like 10 minutes so it's so cold, it kind of gives you brain freeze while it's freezing your throat is or burning your throat is the best it is just such a good flavor i, I think i've it, had so i think this is like the sixth one i've had today because the polars mm-hmm. come in like really big packs so like i have no when i, I just, came I'm back like, from the east coast in 2020 when i had driven out with little six-month-old argos um that flavor was a like yeah, he was tiny he's cute um that flavor was one of the summer optional ones and they had this big contest to vote on the best flavor and that one which is why it's now a regular flavor um, yeah, but I didn't so know if good. they were going to keep it. And so I brought home like, I don't know, five or six one liter bottles of it. Cause I was like, I can't <laughs> live without it. 
It was so good. It's so tasty. I like ginger Terrible. seltzer water anyway, and lime seltzer water energy anyway, and it's just, it hits. It's really good. That sounds fucking delicious. Oh, I came on mic to tell Rana. It's not because your beer palate is bad. It's it's because hoppy you, things taste hoppy. I don't <laughs> mind hoppy beers with certain foods. Um, yeah. Like with pizza, a hoppy beer is so good. Like anything doughy, but it's just in the summer. I'm a big like wheat beer or like culture like lighter palette beer person. Um, so it's just not what I expected. Totally. Uh, a a life hack is uh, if you do if you are trying to pick up on something that the can says is there, but you don't know. You're like I don't taste that. Um, right after you take a sip, you can like draw a little bit of air into your mouth. And it will like wake up those taste buds. Like with wine. Like with wine. Exactly. Um, anyway. So Airy obviously you already knew that. And I'm just here telling you again. Uh, all right. Chris, Breathe don't in. Whatever. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> fucking person. Um, okay. Speaking of gay, uh, our <laughs> nonprofit for this um, episode book, Undetermined <laughs> thus far, whether this is going to wind up being two episodes, probably one, but who knows? you know, we get wild and crazy, um, is Brave Space Alliance, which is the first black-led, trans-led um, queer center located on the south side of Chicago. Um, so yeah, they are great. Give them money. Um, if you aren't bankrupt from giving money to your local abortion fund, as we all should be, you know? Um, but yeah, no, go check them out. Um, Star Wars? If we must. If we fucking must. Jeez, you sound like you hated this book. <laughs> Which I know you didn't. No, yeah. I love this book. No, I know you do. I know you do. I have not hated anything High Republic, I don't think. No. I'm, I mean, this is this is my first High Republic experience because I still am playing catch-up from things because I... Ugh, you got a degree, you nerd. Oh, God. what the? I just got my diploma in the mail. It's all like fancy script whatever the fuck goes on with that shit but yeah no i i will say that you know i've been in grad school because um i finished this book literally like two minutes before i hopped on to record this because it's just like literally it's just like it's fine i'll finish the book in the like five minutes i have before class and that's the energy i'm bringing today so you know it's fine um but you know um i feel like starting with middle grade though was a kind of like a fun way to dip my toes into this period of star wars without having read light of the jedi but also without getting too fucking confused so i enjoy that for my part yeah this one is it doesn't require a ton of background knowledge and it's just fun exactly it is fun it is no i mean not necessarily i wouldn't call it light material as we'll get into but you know it is it is it's it's definitely got a got a fun vibe to it and literally all i had to do was like read the jacket copy for light of the jedi and i was like oh yes things are falling out of hyperspace and there are bad boys um so yeah that's yeah um speaking of which shall we start with uh kristen's favorite question when and where are we it is the high republic it is after light of the jedi it is so we are as a reminder to anybody who either didn't listen to our light of the jedi episodes or listened back when they came out seven years ago um, i'm sorry as if you've been the main problem here, Rana. Oh, I would like to formally apologize to our three Book Wars pod listeners. I know one of them probably too well, but the rest of you are wonderful people. And um, 
<laughs> I've had a crazy couple weeks, months. I realized today that I have not been on the pod since April 4th. So um, sad. So three months. So yeah, um, I'm back. But that's hey. why it took that long. And if you have erased what we've read about last time, it's fine. I'm Kay. not holding it against you. I was going to say, that's probably for the best for, you know, whoever. <laughs> It's not like there's been anything else going on in life that could have oh, no. them. Oh, no. Nothing at all. It's just a calm, calm days in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so as we're still in the High Republic, we are still roughly 200 years before The Phantom Menace. Um, and relative to last time, it seems like we're a couple weeks after The Great Disaster, um, which, as a reminder, was the explosion disintegration whatever you want to call it of a uh passenger freighter mid hyperspace that then turns out when things go really fast things they hit go boom um but so it's we're roughly a few weeks after that it seems like the galaxy is thinks they've moved past it feels like they might have moved past it um as we shall see they are sorely wrong that was so ominous thank you for that Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah. It's just the Nile keep coming in and messing stuff up. Um, I feel like I'm especially interested in this idea of just like, you know, early days of... Who's wagging? Mishka. Oh, yeah. Mishka's here. Hi. (laughs) Sorry. I thought you said who's lagging. And I was like, no one fix your internet. All I saw was a tail. I'm sorry. Big big, tall tail. (laughs) We're all distracted by dogs. Everyone should (laughs) know that Keeks not only has her regular Jasper, but also has Mishka. Is Mishka a Bernice Mountain dog? She is. She's uh, like a year and a half old, and she's definitely still a puppy. (laughs) Um, She's like a 100-pound puppy. She's like 75 pounds. She's pretty small for a burner. But, wow. Um, she's, she's super cute. She she's is so making noises behind me now. So and I just want to pet her. Yeah, she's a sweet girl. She's she pretty she's sure Orca met her when she was like solidly six months old and she was already like three times as big as him. Uh-huh. One of least. the only dogs that, sorry if TMI, but one of the only dogs that Argos like has decided he wants to try to hump, which he doesn't normally do very often, um, was a Bernice Mountain dog. And like it was like the Red Bull ad. I was like, you can't. This is not happening. Like, what do you think you're going to do? It was very embarrassing, but also it was so funny that I kind of didn't, like, I did make him stop, but I was like, this is hysterical. You're at her knees. Like, this is relatable for many women, but it's just hysterical. (laughs) So I'm sorry. It was an inappropriate joke for the pod, but you know. What is an inappropriate joke for the pod? I don't know any, honestly. I don't have boundaries anymore. That's incredible. This feels like it was very similar to the one time that Orca tried to hump Argos. Yes. yes, I forgot about that. God, mm-hmm. that was fucking funny. He Orcus just like stands up and Orcus like, oh right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> um Right, we we're talking about a children's book. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um Yeah, I'm just uh what was I saying? I'm just interested in this this idea that we're like in I mean, I feel like galaxies are always expanding and growing because that's how physics works, but um you know, this I, the, the idea that we're, like, in this, like, place of, like, exploration um, is, like, kind of super interesting to me. So, you've got um, Port Haleap, which is, I had to, I think is a pun that I then had to explain. So, I don't know if it's supposed to be a pun or if I'm just read into it, but it sounds like 
Haley to me, so like Haley's comet because space. This might be a stretch. I don't know. Christina Arlen can tweet at me and tell me I'm dumb. Um, if you would like. Um, we're on the steady wing, which uh, for about five minutes before it goes kablooey. Um, Starlight Beacon is a thing. They're very fancy, like. Outer Rim-ish outpost. And then we have Weevo the fucking Hell Moon. I didn't think it was possible to invent a fucking place that was more, like, sticky and gross than Felucia. But here we are. I was just, like, imagining this place. And I was just like, you just walk on this moon and you die. Like, it just wants to melt you. I liked it. <laughs> I liked this moon. I mean, maybe I'm not supposed to be on the moon, but I still th- I mean, I'm not supposed to be on any moon. It's fine. I like the monkeys. I, I loved it. Yeah, I liked the monkeys. I liked the acid rain. I liked thinking, yeah, I know that sounds weird. I'm not there in real life. I'm not going to burn to death. That's fine. Um, I loved the description of the fruit. I thought the fruit was really cool. And I just liked the jungle. I don't know. I'm I'm here for interesting things. It kind of reminded me of, I don't know what this came from, but at some point in my life, there's some form of like animated science fiction that I've seen probably as a kid that had like an alien planet with very vivid colors and like a red sky and like trees on free i don't know i don't know what that was but it's in my brain and that was what this planet reminded me of oh it like i'm for sure glad that it exists um and i thought it was like a great like environment biome you know what have you also i do not want to go to there i am very afraid of it i am also afraid of normal trees so you know this goes fucking bronx people <laughs> i was like I'm like what's a fucking tree um this is true. Yeah. First time she visited California, she was like a solid like half a breath away from a panic attack whenever we were driving. And so I'm assuming trees. this was just the bay. Yeah. How do you feel now being in Boulder, Kate? It's very strange. Um, it's very it's extremely strange. I yeah, no. Even DC, like comparatively speaking, I was just like, this is so many trees. It's not actually a lot of trees. It's not at all a lot of trees. <laughs> there's like no trees. Yeah, there's like no there's like no fucking it's just trees. Cherry trees. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's just like it's just like allergy town. Um, but yeah, no, then I moved here and I was just like, ah, oh, yes, this is ironic. And then you know what? I made my peace with it during the pandemic because I was able to go outside, unlike pretty much everyone else I knew who lived elsewhere. So, you know, there was that. Well, now your fear of Weevo makes sense to me. I get it. <laughs> See, this is like, I mean, Weevo is kind of like a how I envision nature to be, like, generally speaking. Like, it's always trying to kill me. So. Yeah, this is all just my worst nightmares, like, realized in fiction. <laughs> um, two points. A, Weevo feels like it should be a streaming service. It does. Um, B. But you know what would be? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go. I was just imagining what Weevo could be. And if they really want to lean into this, they could totally. You know how Star Wars did, like, the fake biomes of Star Wars? Disney Plus did the fake mm-hmm. biomes of Star Wars, which I have not watched yet, but I definitely will at some point. So soothing. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Weevo could be like that. But people can pitch their like imaginary world building imagery and then artists could create it and then you would have that as a platform. That's what I'm imagining it as. I know it's actually probably something stupid like Hulu and TiVo got together and had a platform that cost twelve ninety nine a month. But at the same time, that's my envisioning of what Weevo could be. I like it. It could also be in flight entertainment on the steady wing. Oh, for sure. Oh my god. Weevo brought to you by Galactic Starliners. <laughs> Isn't there some episode of like Doctor Who from 15 years ago where they, or 10 years ago, where like they're on a Starliner and they have like this 
tourism bureau video of that same sort of voice explaining the planet they're going to and then they get there and it's chaos no anyone okay maybe i made that up i mean is this the moment where i admit that i have literally never in my life seen an episode of doctor who okay that's a that's a fact i haven't watched it in a really long time i stopped watching it as a teenager but um i'm curious about the new casting anyways if you feel if you care about that stuff hit me up on twitter not in a creepy way (laughs) um the other thing about Weibo is it gives me. Has anybody read Life of Pi? Um, that and I, I ask that. Uh, I know that Kate has. Um, but it's there's a island in Life of Pi that literally eats people. Um, it like acid rain and acid like plants literally devour people, and then the only thing that is left of them is their teeth. And so when Pi gets there, he like looks at the fucking like leaves on the trees and the leaves all have like fucking teeth in them no it's that he like gets a thing he gets like a fruit or something and he busts it open and there's just human teeth in it yeah okay it's fucking terrifying. so Weevil reminds like me of cyst. that yeah kind of oh it's like those like when you have like a dangling twin or whatever the fuck like kind of thing for some reason when you mentioned that this island just eats people the first thing i thought of was that gif of jessica walters and arrested development saying good for her i don't know why that just popped <laughs> in my head honestly yeah no i mean but i mean the energy i try to bring to everything is like an island trying to eat people let's let's be completely real about that exactly <laughs> um but yeah no i i you know it's it's i i just i do i do enjoy seeing new places I, there's a reason sometimes why we remain on that godforsaken sand planet, but sometimes I like to look at other stuff, <laughs> so that's cool for me. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 rough to uh, to say this after Obi Wan Kenobi, which <laughs> was immaculate, and I loved being on Tatooine for that one because it was so well done. But also, why are we always on fucking Tatooine? Yeah, I, I would... like how they advertise it as like, oh, you'll get to see this planet with the cityscape, and it was. Mm-hmm one episode of running yeah i would i would be happy if outside of book of boba fett getting a second hopefully better season we never set foot on tatooine again keep dreaming my friend i know i'm sorry how am i gonna get my tuscan raider reality show <clears throat> i would actually I know, love just talking that. shit i would actually love that that sounds like so much fun i'm just sorry like i'm just visiting a- the res but also a reality show but then it's tuscan raiders oh my god sorry i'm just imagining them like doing office i'll just like Here's a jaw one. You have no idea what it's saying, and it's like so good. <laughs> oh my god! Just no, no cat, no, no, like translation, like subtitles or anything. Just talk, just gibbering. I, I was picturing like the that. one reconnecting Tuscan Raider comes back from the city from like Mos Eisley, and then that's the show. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that's all I care about in life, but I love it. I love it. Star Wars would literally never do something that funny. <laughs> Thank you, you know. Which is so sad because it's such a good idea. Star Wars, you can have you can have this idea if you pay Rana. Anyway, <laughs> we can make it a Taika Waititi show, right? He always does stuff for native shows. Like there we go, it's fine. We figured it out. I love it. Anyway, sorry. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this planet, this moon. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. You're great. That's no planet. I know. <laughs> um. Do, do, do. All right, what else is going on? Oh, right, just children being traumatized. I was reading this book and I was just like, that escalated so quickly. How? I mean, we'll, we'll be talking this like a little bit later about how exactly this does fit in as a middle grade um, marketed slash targeted book. But 
the fuck is this a middle grade book? There is so much death and fear and murder and plotting and just frightening fucking shit. I was just like, please help. Just, but also we won't because let's just have kids be traumatized and not give them space therapy. So here we are. Yeah, it's like it's funny because like chapter two or whatever we get or some early chapter we get like the foreshadowing chapter with the Nile like sneaking onto the steady wing and whatnot. And you're reading and you're like, oh, okay, so this is foreshadowing for like the big ending of the book. And it's like chapter three, everyone dies except four people. And there's like there's like the slightest bit of hope, like, you know, that they keep popping up about just like, well, you know, maybe this person survived. We keep seeing like like evidence that there might be somebody else on the on on this hell moon that like also might be alive. And then just the and then they just keep reminding you Nobody survived that explosion because the Jedi have confirmed that nobody survived that explosion. I'm just like, oh my god. Just like, it's just a hammering at home. Everyone is dead. <laughs> Precisely. Um, but yeah, no. Just like, everybody just losing their, their parental figures in uh, one fell swoop. And then there's um, Avon Staros, God bless her, who was just like, this is a fun adventure. Everything is so interesting. My mom's back on Coruscant. I don't give a flying fuck. I got my droid who may or may not be a Mr. Bones prototype. I, I'm just like, <laughs> she's just like here being chipper. And then every so often she's like, oh, right. Everyone like died. Sorry. <laughs> it's so good. I also just love like talking, thinking about the cast of characters. We have such classic space names as uh, Avon, Vernestra, Imri. And Doug. <laughs> Good old also, Dougie honesty, Sunvale. I, oh, yes. I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but it definitely gives me, I chose a different name for my career vibes. Oh, it gives I'll, me. I'll leave it at that. It gives me Gwyneth Paltrow's child vibes. Oh, interesting. I don't like that. Apple honesty weft. What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, on the, it's like. Is this a good space name? Like, it sounds like a good space name, just, like, listening to it. And it also sounds like Puritans. So I'm very yeah, good. <laughs> it just tells me for sure that, like, white people who really think they're choosing the fate of their child with their name still exist at this time in the Star Wars universe. Also, my child's a little shit. <laughs> I, am, I, I sympathize with his problems, but also he's a little shit. So, you know, 12-year-old boys, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't name your kid little shit, like, it's it's Why a not? foregone conclusion. Why not? You choose honesty instead, right? That's what you really think. <laughs> we aim high. Oh my god. Um so, since we're since we're we are talking about the children, um why do we think like go with it or like just discussing like why this cast of characters? I think it like just it has like this kind of interesting cross section of like Children who are plausible, but also, you know, a little bit fantastical because we are in a space opera. Um, but also we get interesting glimpses of parts of the galaxy that are familiar to us, but also parts that aren't at all. Um, I pulled this question out of my butt. Somebody say something. <laughs> I, I think it makes sense. I mean, if we look at, if we break down each character's overall role, right, we have... Vernestra, who they have to have someone, otherwise it's like, there's no way these, I'm sorry, kids are wonderful. Are they going to survive a planet with acid rain? Are they going to get off of it and kill people who are trying to kill them? I don't, I mean, they don't kill them anyways, but you know, I'm not totally sure it's going to go so well. So Vernestra makes sense. 
uh, the Padawan who has the lure to the dark side, but then doesn't ultimately go like that kind of makes sense too. You need some additional conflict because blowing up all of their families wasn't enough. And then the baby genius is like shades of Shakespeare, like little kid who knows too much and like doesn't talk like a little kid. And also you feel a little bit sad for them, but they're probably the, I don't know. I really liked Avon's character. I thought she was fun. She's probably my favorite of the group. Um, a grumpy boy, that one just white kids need a representation, I guess. Um, and then the murder droid was like comic relief, I guess. But also it kind of made sense because why else would they have had the rations and the blasters and all that? Um, that's my assumption for why we have each character. Brought to you by my last time I took an English class, which was my freshman year of college. Yeah. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Ten plus years. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, um, Christ. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. Like, it's funny because it's like this group of three highly capable, uh, diverse, talented, uh, uh, diversely talented group that can use all each other's skills to survive. And honesty's there, too. <laughs> you know, the I love when he's like, I could have been a warrior, but I didn't really want to. And also my whole planet has to take hand to hand self-defense that I don't really know how to do. I was like, OK, kid he, got picked last in gym. Listen, it happens. He likes it's hard fruit. The fruit is blue. <laughs> he does figure out the water and fruit thing. So good for him. Which <laughs> he you served know, his purpose. A five year old could also have figured that out because watermelon exists <laughs> and would they have taken out the two people who were trying to take them out if Imri and honest if honesty hadn't had anchor for Imri to channel to go after them i don't know that they would have figured out how to do it in the same way mm. maybe they would have i'm yeah i have other points that i'll talk about later with that but i i don't agree with keeping those people alive but it's fine no that's, that's not a- the kids <laughs> Rana does kids. not agree with anyone surviving this book. Fuck Let's those be children. <laughs> I we all know my feelings on a song of ice and fire. This is not surprising. <laughs> Fuck the monkey. I can't believe she introduced this fucking monkey at the beginning of this chapter, who was so cute and adorable, and he he just wanted to like take naps and like be cozy, which I relate to, and also that is my dog, basically, in a nutshell. Um, yeah, and then she killed him in the same fucking chapter, and I was just like. You killed the dog. I also, these monkeys might be force sensitive. Right? Like, they're just trying to hitch a ride on this really difficult planet to live on, and they're like, ooh, you're soft. I know. Mm-hmm. Just just wanted some nice pets. Anyway, yeah, no, I was heartbroken. I was, I, I was also like, I don't know what I was expecting. As soon as you introduced the cute animal, it was going to die at some point. I just didn't expect it to be in the same fucking chapter. I thought it might guide them through the planet. That would have been fun. Or the moon, sorry. Um, Rana, to go back to your point, uh, which I really liked about honesty kind of being the emotional, um, I had a word for it, but like essentially the source of emotions that Emery then taps into, like, I do think, I think that's a really great point because I think like the book walks a very fine line with Emery because Star Wars has like a very checkered past of like giving people conflict without making them wholly good or evil and like making them look horrible. And so Imri is in this really interesting position of like, he is like specially gifted at sensing emotion, which is really bad for him right now because he doesn't know how to not necessarily just control his emotions, although obviously it gets there, but doesn't know how to turn off his empathy. That's like essentially. 
Well, and he even uses it as a weapon, right? He yeah. goes up and he tells Honesty multiple times, like, these people killed your dad. Don't you want to be mad? Don't you want to be angry? And I was like, wow, that I think we can all relate to that. But I, I, I don't know. I, I was glad they didn't kick him out of the Jedi Order or anything. But I also felt like, who can fucking blame him? This is why I could never be a Jedi in this fictional universe. Because the idea that they have to keep them alive so they can bring them forth to the Senate, who even at this point is still mildly dysfunctional, um so that they can await trial because it's not the Jedi way. Like, and then when, when Vernestra like throws him because he's force choking the person, I was like, yeah, that I don't have enough self-control for this world. Um, <laughs> I don't blame him for being tempted to at least subdue the people who were actively trying to kill him and his group. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's the interesting question here. Honestly, just with Jedi in general, though, it's just like, you know, to have these emotions, like these wa- these feelings for like wanting revenge and stuff, all of that is like extremely, you know, human or, you know, whatever Star Wars species have you that is sentient, you know, like it's like it is normal to have these feelings. But also like being Jedi almost expects like the way that the rules are set out, it, it just they just expect you to be figure out a way to be better than that. And that's not always the way to go (laughs) yeah and it's interesting because you know obviously we're in a time that's uh, quite a bit before the prequels and the clone wars and like in revenge of the sith you have like this moment where anakin's like i shouldn't have killed dooku it's not the jedi way to to kill people and like yeah it makes sense but also we've been watching the jedi kill people for two movies so like it rings a little bit hollow but, like, one thing that is interesting about being further back and in more of a golden age of, you know, the light side of the Force being Ascendant is that you do see more of that. Like, we saw in um, in Light of the Jedi when um, Porter Engel has to kill those Nile on whatever planet they were on, uh, Alfrona, that, like, he, like, genuinely feels bad about it. And he is like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. They're literally shooting at me as I'm like two feet away from them. So there's, there's real, and you know, he has this moment where he like deflects a bolt back at them and they have non-humanoid anatomy. So like he thinks that he's like killing them or disabling them. And he is essentially not because their brain is not where he thinks it is. And like, he's trying so hard not to kill anyone, which is not really anything that we've ever seen from Star Wars before. I mean, you know, obviously the prequels, they, the Jedi were a step away from the Clone Wars before they even started. Luke never really shies away from killing anybody. And, you know, once we get to Return of the Jedi. Um, so, you know, we do have this difference in Imri where he, he has this very understandable moment of like, what if we just stop them from hurting people and has to be talked down in a way that Obviously, Anakin wasn't, but also nobody was in a position to have that discussion with Anakin. Do we think that there's anything, and maybe I'm just ignorant to ways this has already been explored in Star Wars media, but I assume that the difference here is not only, okay, they didn't think through all of the rules of becoming a Jedi in creating content early on, and I assume part of it is tied to storytelling of the Jedi not recognizing their power, sort of succumbing to their power in some ways, the ways that we know that they lose some components of their power. Um, 
I would just be really curious to see that explored in some sort of media, like really diving into the idea that as they became more comfortable with their power and with their role as like space cops, which is kind of where they are in the prequels, um, sort of how they shied away from where they are in these High Republic books when they have far more power. They're all sort of tied together. They have very strong um, boundaries and guidelines, but also they have really clear, intricate sort of societal expectations. Um, And so I don't know if anyone knows if that's been explored deeply in whatever comes between the High Republic and the prequel era, the, you know, something in there, but I would love to read that. Be a great thing to explore for the Acolyte. If that ever gets made, please God. Ooh, good call. <laughs> I'm not convinced any Star Wars project is, gets made until the day it hits Disney Plus. Honestly, so. God, you were just like it was like the day it was like maybe six hours before Kenobi came out, and you were just like, "Is it gonna happen? Are they gonna pull?" If the they rug take out? Andor from me, I swear to God, I'm so I, excited for that fucking show. I will go just backhand somebody for real. So yes, Kate. Again, you're from the Bronx. You will backhand someone for real at any time. True. <laughs> Sorry, but has to be said. It's fine. Yeah. No, I I would love to see that. Ironically, in I think the only place where we've ever seen that kind of like larger discussion of like what are our responsibilities versus our or rather responsibilities to the whole versus our responsibilities as individuals and not killing people is we kind of see that play out in Ronin, which is not Oh yeah, that's true. Quite canon. It's I mean it's like it's Visions isn't a, you know, its own separate little thing. But so that happens in Ronin, but not really anywhere else, I don't think. Maybe a little bit in Master and Apprentice, the Claudia Gray, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon book. But I feel like we don't I've see it a lot. It a little bit in people's personal thoughts of like, yeah. it's not the Jedi way, but really diving into sort of how that gets lost with the growth of power and also the loss of sort of recognizing their status would be really interesting to me. Yeah. Sociology in Star Wars. I want it. That would actually be really fun. Or anthropology. I don't know what it is. Both? I mean, I know that we, uh, you know, there there were hints that Taika Waititi's movie was going to be super early, like Dawn of the Jedi era, um, which, speaking of projects that I'll trust they come out the day they hit theaters, but... Um, that's something I would love to see. And I would love to see his take on it as well, because like at some point there was a decision made, like, you know, presumably they started, you know, and this is, you know, could be entirely guessing. They could have started super warlike and then pacified, but like, I'm assuming they started off as like very monkish, like isolated, just wanted to study the force. And then as they kind of grew in, interpreting the will of the force had to make decisions about what does that mean and seeing what those conversations were and what those decisions entailed would be really interesting you want yeah like... and i i'm oh, sorry go ahead kate oh no i'm just like you know plato's dialogues or whatever the fuck except for early 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 jedi <laughs> except it's just yoda yeah exactly yeah so, go on and i'm sorry to derail us but i was just thinking when you mentioned the taika movie that um i don't know if you all saw the news today of what he um, accidentally said to Natalie Portman, but that took me out. If anyone <laughs> hasn't seen this yet, definitely do a Google search, but I guess in the promotion for the new Thor movie, Love and Thunder, which I'm super excited for, he um, 
accidentally or like not accidentally he openly says in an interview that he asked Natalie Portman if she wants to be in his new Star Wars movie and she was like what and he said oh yeah wouldn't you like to be in Star Wars and she said I've been in Star Wars I was in three Star Wars movies and he said oh I forgot that those happened (laughs) so I even though you know white fanboys on the internet got really angry for me I was really excited when that I read that. I was like, was this hilarious. will be a different lens for Star Wars. We're ready for this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Except, you know, somewhere Miranda's just like rolling over in her not grave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, sorry, Burb. Yeah, that's just Attack of the Clones ratio right there. <laughs> Taika's either been like really fucking with everybody the past few days or we're never going to see this movie. It might be both. It might be both, it, honestly. Probably. Yeah, a little bit of both. It's They're him. still trying to say it's coming out next year, and Taika's out here like, yeah, I hope to have a story He's at some casting. point. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, Um, you're right, it might be that sort of thing of like where Disney pays people to mislead everyone, but I will say I've been pretty open before about the fact that I'm super excited for Taika to have a Star Wars movie because he's so intentional about indigenous not only representation but also like behind the camera when he made Thor Ragnarok lots of making sure that indigenous people where they filmed in Australia and also like creating film fellowships for people to break into the industry through his films so the idea of having like native people both in front of and behind the camera in the planning for that film I think would be awesome for Star Wars whether they'll actually make it is another story but yeah anyways that's a topic for a whole other conversation um all good points though and on a less important note um He's just, his brain is so fucking fascinating. He's just like a very interesting storyteller, to put it lightly. The way he just decides, to, he, the, the the way he decides to do things with like, you know, a complete awareness of what the irreverence that he brings to a thing is doing um, in terms of just like expanding a pre-existing universe is incredible. Um, so yeah, uh... We'll see if we get to talk about this more. If he ever, if he ever does do a, if does do a, a big old Star War, we'll see how it goes. Um, good lord, what was I going to say? Oh, um, yeah. Just in terms of like going back to talking about, I guess, like the evolution of Jedi philosophy and like who they are. Um, one thing that was interesting to me is just like you know Ember's assumption that he has to like take his feelings and like shove them in a in a nice little hole and then bury it and then never look at it again. Very much feels like, you know, Anakin goes to Yoda for advice about these horrible nightmares he's having. Yoda's just like, just don't think about about them. If the person dies, then they fucking die. Don't be sad. Get glad. And I'm just like, and you know, and like, <laughs> you know, and Vernestra is like, you know, being like, I feel like what a normal person would do is just like, you know, the the what my therapist would say um, in terms of just like, you can have these feelings, but what do you do with them? Um, which I feel like is a very good and like level-headed like thing to say that no longer exists, you know, however many hundreds of years later, where are we at? Like 200, 300 years before Phantom Menace? 200, sorry. Um, yeah, no, 200 years later, that's just totally gone and Yoda's just out here just scratching his butt and not giving good advice ever. Go. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to (laughs) say, one, we know that Yoda is already in this universe training young ones. Uh Um... So what the fuck? This like young Jedi prodigy has figured out how to interact with with people and emotions better. And secondly, just the fact that they don't kick Imri out for attacking another Jedi in a moment of like being lured towards the dark side shows 
how far they have fallen in terms of their rationale and like thinking of what they should be doing to encourage people to be a part of their order. Um, yeah. Can you imagine if this had happened in the prequels, he'd be out. No, oh, yeah. I, no, it's a crap. I mean, honestly, it's, it's amazing. They, like if Anakin weren't the chosen one, he'd been just absolutely booted out of the Jedi order about a thousand times over because he's just a piece of shit. So honestly, Mace Windu probably would have found a way to kill him. Yes, <laughs> that guy's out here just being like you make one wrong fucking move and i swear to god i will turn you into anakin kebabs Feral raccoon pest control <laughs> oh my god um it's it's funny that we rightfully talk about what a shit yoda is in the prequel era because we're gonna we're gonna see yoda in when we start reading the um the all ages comics from oh god IDW. IDW, thank you. It's because I was like Dark Horse in my mind because it recently changed. Um, but from IDW, thank you. Um, and he is, aside from being a little green dude who is, you know, extremely like out there and speaks in, you know, weird vocal patterns, completely unrecognizable in terms of a lot of his philosophies and how he actually trains the younglings. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that once we start getting into his character a little bit more about the differences and like we don't know the answer to this yet just a spoiler through phase one of the higher public but like what the fuck happened <laughs> it's a just question yeah i'm excited for that mm-hmm. also i'll have lots of linguistic nerd shit about yoda's speaking patterns yes. which I'm to talk about. that's all i ever want in life um do we want to quickly talk about the nile i don't think there's a lot to say here aside from I want to talk a little bit about Vern, actually. Oh yeah, go for it. Oh, good call. So, Don't call her that. So, so I, so I upsetting. fucking love Vernestra Rowe. Um, she is a perfect angel, but she's also a really great, almost like what if story for Anakin. Mm. Um, and and she, you know, is a tiniest spoiler alert is a main character in Phase One of the High Republic. We're gonna see her in a couple more books at least, so we're gonna see a lot of her and how dare you tell us she doesn't die in this book that we already read or between now and whenever that book takes place he I never guess. said that he never said that <laughs> maybe she only appears in flashbacks well, maybe she's the force ghost Jesus, you exactly. guys are force so ghost, fucked exactly. up <laughs> never mind i take it back i'm i'm leaving again <laughs> um but she's a really interesting story because like she makes this whole the story makes this whole big deal about how she is the youngest night almost ever certainly in several generations she is much younger than anakin younger than ahsoka um i think she's 16 when she's knighted which is wild to think about and might be 15 actually no i think you're right i think it is 15 yeah, which is can, can, can you imagine yourself at 15 years old being responsible for being not a piece of shit because i would have been so bad at that job all i did at 15 was cry same like, cry and read books yes and read fan fiction and then cry again yes yeah. but yeah and so and she is really struggling with this legacy of being so talented and like essentially being not the chosen one chosen one but the the, the mascot for her generation of jedi essentially and and her people is what she implies too and her people yeah, yeah. Which, like jesus christ that's so much yeah and highly relatable yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's 
fascinating to me to see, and we're going to see more of her relationship with uh, Master Stellan uh, as well in the next book that we see her in. Um, and we're going to learn. I have feelings about Stellan Geos that the rest of the fandom does not necessarily share. Merp, merp. Um, uh, but it's so it's really, really interesting to see how she handles a lot of the same challenges that Anakin handled at an even younger age than he did with arguably less life experience than he had. And why just, is she not the chosen one? Exactly. Sorry, what a great question. And and see the the difference of essentially what the Jedi prepared her for and the guidance that she is getting from the Jedi in her life that Anakin didn't get. Uh, and seeing how she is like essentially a pair she goes through many of the same struggles and comes out of Paragon, whereas he comes out, you know, the Antichrist essentially. And so it's the space patriarchy. Yeah. And so it's just it's really uh we're gonna get more of her and like how she handles her legacy and how she deviates from it with her fucking lightsaber whip, um, and all this. So I just I just wanted to have a moment to to wax poetic about her because I love her. I'm sorry. What you just said is that cis men were a mistake. I Listen, mean, yeah. I know that there are a lot of things that went into the creation of Darth Vader, but cis men were a mistake. Is one of them? Clearly. So, you know. True. We must have a good soundbite for that. <laughs> sorry, Keeks. <laughs> up, up. It's okay. It's just that statement in of itself could be its own soundbite. It's not my fault. Oh my god! <laughs> Incredible. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, they're bad guys doing bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, and we see, you know, consistency in how they're written, which is big Joker from the Dark Knight vibes. Like big, some people just want to watch the world burn vibes. They don't really have goals. They don't particularly want money outside of what they need to, you know, buy shit to blow stuff up. Like they Same. don't have political <laughs> goals, at least outside of their leadership which we're still kind of unclear on but it's a lot of people who are just enjoying causing pain and that's something that we haven't seen in star wars before this is where the fun begins in wow keeks incredible sadist keeks over here oh by the way sadist keeks sounds like a star wars name i have to say <laughs> it does <laughs> Just gonna follow but like say this with no T and Keeks like yeah. K-E-E-X. Mm -hmm. Maybe with the Z, say this. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. I like I'm it. S-Z. Like and maybe a Q-I-K-S for the last Okay, 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 okay. I like it. There, Kate, that's free for when you're going to get to write your Star Wars you book. Think, you think I'm not following this one away? Say this, Keeks. I'm going to put you all in Star Wars and you're going to be like, I hate you. I'm just going to make you like do stupid <laughs> There's stuff. There's already in the a Rana in the High Republic books. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah. There is. Oh, it's my true. Gosh. She has very little role other than looking like a lizard, but I'll take it. You She's know. not a Tradocean or Trandocean, whatever that word is. She She's just, just is a, a different species yeah, okay. that looks like a lizard. Okay, yeah. Listen, Kate's you can look like a lizard if you want to. I don't know. <laughs> Kate's going to write me into Star Wars as a sentient pile of poop. That's literally true. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Geode, but like a turd. <laughs> so the first version of the Fantastic Four, The Thing? Yes. Also Jewish. <laughs> no one has a response to that. It's great. I don't I, think we're allowed to. I okay. Anyway, um, what you 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 think it's weird that like one of the most prominent Jewish superheroes is called the Thing? 
Does that, I does that sound weird to you? Who's Jewish. Oh yeah. Interesting. It's very funny. What are we talking about? Leave again? all of this silence in. <laughs> um, no, we were talking the about Nile. Yeah, we were talking about the Nile, and like, I think it's just this is a question that I feel we feel like. I'm just, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Let me not. <laughs> just the Nile spelled differently. The conversation about Jewish characters. We can cut that if that's inappropriate. I felt like it was a not anti-Semitic, but a, no, yeah, I think we it's can fine cut it if inappropriate. Chris can decide. I'm it's not worried about it. Cut. It's not. I don't think it's. I'm not that it's me to decide. But it's just a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my whole life, Kristen. Um, Jesus Christ! But so that we talked about this when we read *Light of the Jedi*. But like, how do you even fight people without goals? You know. Well, apparently you don't kill them, so <laughs> you know. Cool. I've got I've got not really nothing to 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 add to this because this is the first time I encountered them and then yeah they just they're just they're just chaos pirates they have really cool terminology for how they're like clans or whatever or like grouped um which i really enjoy the storms yes the strikes i was just like oh this sound good it's just really good like evil people terminology and i'm very into that wait until you read light of the jedi because oh. we get more insight into that oh i'm excited all right well before next, before our, our, we start our next book, I will I will make sure to do my homework. I'm also there for their fashion. They're like yeah. various tunics, and in Light of the Jedi, there's the guy with the all like hide tux. It's a whole thing. I was, I mean, I was already up for like you know, um, the, the like Clint just magenta hair. I was just like, I miss my hair being purple, which happened like right before the pandemic, and then I just never got to like. I don't know. Go outside, make make old ladies cross-eyed with like you know just how fucking weird my hair color was. But anyway, um, but you know, I, I I look forward to I, I look forward to more evil doings as we continue. Is basically where I'm at. Indeed. All right. So as I said at the top, this is somehow a middle grade book. Holy shit. Um, I think like so. 1,000 years ago, when we read Lost Stars, um, we had my friend on to talk about, um, you know, just YA as a genre, and I think a lot of what she said for that kind of applies here in that, you know, what makes what makes a YA book, what makes a middle grade book, and principally for me, like, what makes this a middle grade book is the ages of the characters like we have two 12 year olds um and also obviously this is marketed as a middle grade book and you know there's there are things having to do with like the length and a little bit the level of the language used but other than that um yeah just like dealing with some really heavy stuff that um I feel like we don't usually find in middle grade books because when I think about middle grade books I'm thinking about like I don't know this is a little younger than Bill Grade, I think, but like Magic Treehouse motherfucking shit. So mm -hmm. this is not that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like it's very reflective of the world we live in now. Like, and 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 this is something that I know that you know several of the authors have school age children, and which means that they have children that probably since they were in kindergarten have been doing active shooter drills. And so fuck, I didn't even think about that. Jeez. Like there's not mm -hmm. there's not a lot that's like off limits for middle grade anymore because there's not a lot that we as a society actually protect our children from anymore. 
And I do think also. I thought this was bad. Children, Kristen, or school shootings. Either way, one. it's not good. I hit the wrong one. I meant to do the air horn because Chris made a point. Oh, <laughs> no, you're good. We know God. how you really feel. I'm leaving it in. Whatever. <laughs> you're only the. Yeah, never mind. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. Oh no. Um. All right. You know. Um. I'm gonna continue. And maybe I'm going to drink my beer and then I'm going to continue. Yes, yes. No, alcohol is necessary. Um, so special. I, um, I mean, I want to give young people some credit, not only because my job is supposed to be nicer to young people, but because in reality, like young people always know what's going on more than adults give them credit for. And I think um, whether that's nowadays with active shooter drills or even like when I was growing up in the time of 9-11, it was like a huge thing of people talking about that in school um you know even just hearing the news hearing reading newspaper head headlines all that stuff um and i i think also a lot of young people want to be even people as young as avon in the story want to be in that role of getting to play a significant part because i think a lot of young people i'm so sorry if i just swallowed really loudly um that's the problem with beer um but uh i think a lot of young people are dismissed so wholly from being a part of creating solutions that stories like this sort of i won't say empower because that word has some issues but sort of maybe incentivize or represent a way that i think kids often feel um and in that sense, like I will say when I was that age, I totally the thing I would think about before I went to sleep was like, what's a situation where I'll feel useful and I can like be in a group setting and maybe we'll be on a school bus trip and it will crash and I'll have to save everyone. You know what I mean? It's bullshit. But it's also like kids want to feel like they have a, a role and an implicit power um, in problem solving and in saving their own lives as well. So, yes, I do think some of the subject matter was a little dark for middle school, but I also or middle level, I mean. But also, I think middle level, like, kids of the age that this is meant for have already been through so much shit and want to see themselves in a role where they get to have some level of decision making. And it's not just people telling them what to do and to be quiet and to listen. Um, so in that sense, I do feel like it's a little bit appropriate for that age group. Oh, yeah. No. Um, retweet all that. Absolutely. Um, no, I think all of those are really wonderful points. And I think, like, what I would say is, like, you know, these these are subjects that, like, were not in like younger readers books like for a reason back in the day because we were all just trying to shelter the children but like as ron was saying like kids 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 always know what they're what's going on kids are always smarter than we think they are and it's like you know even if a disaster isn't happening like the dog dies grandma dies you know like shit happens um and you know death is something that you're going to have to explain to children uh sooner or later and um you know the 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 going um child raising advice in terms of these things is to like be honest with your children and use language at a level that they will understand but to be and like you know maybe not give all the gory details when a horrible thing happens but also just like talk to them the same way that you would talk to like a like talk to a, an adult uh, like aside from those caveats like there's there no, kids are kids are terribly resilient, and they can withstand a whole lot more than you think they do. Which doesn't, which isn't to say that they deserve to have to withstand all of the horrible things that can happen to children. Um, that can't happen to children these fucking days. Um, but yeah, uh, I, ha- having a book that like discusses like feelings of like 
grief especially and like the different ways that people deal with it I think is like really lovely to see and I um I think Justina Ireland is really smart and really awesome to trust that this is a book that's going to resonate with children because it has all those big feelings in it yeah I agree and I also one the last thing I'll add to that and I know other folks probably have other points is just that um Sometimes I feel like stories like this where adults don't play as much of a role are really important because kids who have whatever relationships with adults in their lives um, are able to sort of, they don't have to try to project their own situation onto that because they say, okay, like here's this absence of a parent, whatever reason that could be. I think everyone has their own reasons for, you know, why that might resonate. Um, But I think it's really important for young people to see situations like that where they don't have to see. I mean, so many stories and I I don't agree with the whole Disney always kills the mom, all that bullshit. Right. Which we know they do. But at the same time, it's like um, in a situation like this where all the adults have been killed off for all intents and purposes. um, I think it's important because for young readers, there's really the option to plug themselves into it in whatever way. Whereas so many stories about young people really center on the relationship with a parent in some strong way um and so in that sense the fact that all these people have died while it's sad i think does give an opportunity that's often not there in storytelling for young people to not have to look for you know how they have relationships with older people influencing them and instead can just sort of focus on here are these young people in this terrible situation they're upset about it and here's how they react Listen, to put it in a really facetious way, friendship is magic. <laughs> I mean, the real Star Wars is the friends they made along the way. True, though. I mean, yeah, like it is like on it, like Stranger Things is very big right now because season four just came out last weekend as we're recording this. And like Stranger Things started as middle grade fiction by the definition that we're all talking about. It's centered on middle school children who were dealing with the events in front of them without the assumptions and prejudices of, that adults had. And so they were able to get to the truth quicker and in so doing relied on each other because they didn't really have strong adult figures in their lives. Like it's, it's the same concept in a lot of ways. And that is, you know, I think many people would argue is not middle grade level because it's very gory and deals with a lot of serious issues, but here we are, you know? Um, one small note I want to make on the, I guess, the publishing choices around this book that I want to throw in there is the illustrations The illustrations are lovely um, and colorful, and they're, they're really fun to encounter um, as I went through the book. Um, but one small thing I noticed is that, like, there, there are certain ways that the illustrations are simplified and that, you know, they play with scale um, in terms of, like, distances between things or... Um, you know, what the characters are wearing or things like that. One thing that really fucking bothered me is that Fernestra is Mary Allen and like all Mary Allen, she has facial tattoos that connect her to her family and her culture and the illustrator just left those out completely. And I don't, I don't come from a background where like tattooing is a, like a big part of my culture or anything like that. But like, you know, this, this, this concept of like that, that, that sort of, um, you know, ritual didn't pop out of the thin air for like Star Wars creators like this is a large part of people's cultures and it really pissed me off that that was left out and like it's a small book and the paintings are small but like it was just like listen you could just cursorily put like some dots on there or something like that like it just made me so irritated so yeah yeah I appreciate you naming that um 
I did definitely get the feeling that the illustrator was given like three character points per person and here's the scene that you're going to animate or draw um, because there were just a lot of little details missing and I really appreciate you saying that about the tattoo component because I wasn't even thinking about that but um, yeah that's a huge thing that just, sorry just... I'm really far away from my microphone geek so I'll go further in the future <laughs> No, it was just like, it was like, I mean, it was just, it was like a seemingly small thing that I noticed because like, I understand that like, yeah, like the illustrator doesn't always have time or things like that. But like, I feel like that should have been on the like, um, you know, shorthand, like notes thing or whatever the fuck this person was given. Um, And I don't, I don't necessarily know who's like, quote unquote, fault that is, but it was something I noticed. And like, I feel like, I don't know, just if that's something you're going to include, like as a point of like this, like, you know, this person's like personality or makeup or something like do 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 a better job jesus all right uh i think that the only thing left to talk about is how this expands the universe um so we're in the high republic era we're learning more about i guess what the goings-on are at the time um in addition to disasters we've got you know of course the expansion of republic colonization i really liked um, that little inclusion, um, I think, is in one of Avon's chapters where she's talking to Honesty about the Almanac of Planets of, like, we would like to colonize places that aren't already inhabited. And I'm just like, that's not always what we see in Star Wars, so that went wrong somewhere. But I was just like, ah, how wonderful it is to have an intention where you don't want to subjugate indigenous people on a su- fucking planet. What is that like? crazy <laughs> what a fucking idea um so i thought that was interesting um also avon staros her existence as a staros i'm just like i did not realize i don't know if there's is there any indication in the comics chris about how story that family is because uh, no. it feels like yeah okay because it feels like there's just like so much she's like talking about her great grandpa like going on a fucking revenge quest to like fucking stab somebody in the face or whatever the fuck which was really awesome and i was just like oh shit like i love that, you know, Justina Ireland as a black woman is taking this, like, very prominent, like, black woman character from the comics and, like, expanding on her, like, family history and, like, all this other stuff. Like, that's, this is, this, this is why we, this is why we need diverse voices and things. It is also always nice to read a Star Wars book in which the author actually knows how to write about people of color without it feeling awkward. I'll crazy. put that out there. Fucking crazy. Whoever heard of that? What a that concept. sound too hard. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, it really is completely different because, you know, for those who aren't as familiar with the comics, um, especially since we don't read them on the pod, like Santa Staros is a very prominent, um, dips in and out recurring character in the main Star Wars line, as well as, uh, especially Dr. Aphra. Um, and yeah, it is, it is interesting to see, you know, like, and I, and I always like, get very frustrated with fans whenever they like see a black person and they jump to it's Lando's ancestor slash child. I want to die so um, bad every time. Like it's just, it's, yeah. there's very few it's things that make me angrier than that. Commentary here. Yeah. But that said, I do love that since as Santa is not as well known a character outside of a small subset of the fandom relatively, I do love that the Saros clan is getting, getting a lot more recognition. We're going to meet, Gira Staros, her mother, in future books, um, and really see a lot more of both of them, and you know maybe get some 
information on what has changed between the Staroses then and now. Um, so stay tuned for that. But they're they're not going anywhere. Yeah, because Sana Staros extremely into crime. <laughs> she is she is the epitome of, of be gay do crimes. Yes, she's she she I she's great. She's fantastic, fantastic character. Truly Avon's descendant. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I forgot the word descendant there, and I was like, what's the opposite of an ancestor? <laughs> that <laughs> no absolutely um what else do we get here oh i just wanted to talk about some cool force 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 things we get here obviously the light whips i'm very into that and not sorry i was gonna make a tell us more about that i was gonna make a smut wars joke <laughs> and then i never mind anyway um <laughs> i just think it's cool i didn't even know that was like possible but also like it makes sense i mean if kylo ren can make a stupid busted ass piece of shit cross guard lightsaber smart women can do whatever smart cis men were a mistake um <laughs> also i just um yeah just um little mentions of things like um past jedi wars and also the night sisters exist already which makes sense because i you know it it, it, it does feel like a very um death mary culture does feel like super lived in even when um we're first introduced to it in the clone wars and it feels it feels very ancient but the having that confirmation is very awesome um anything any other things that people caught that i may not have those are the big things for me you know the one of the things about middle grade that does set it apart a little bit is how contained the stories are um and that's something we've seen in the past and i think we'll definitely continue to see in um the higher public as we read more young adult and middle grade but no i mean it is it is fun to see this stuff like it's the other great thing about middle grade is that you have the room to do something like a light whip that is maybe a little bit sillier, like maybe a little bit more. It's not silly. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I say that in a very positive way. Straight put Indiana Jones in this bitch. (laughs) I will say, I appreciate that at one point she says that she knows that she could easily take off her hand with it. But then it made me think about lightsaber nunchucks. And I was like, Uh, I'm ready. So cool. Also, one other point about middle grade that we all just skated over. Original Star Wars is intended as middle grade fiction. Like, That's true. George Lucas has said true extensively, Star Wars is a movie for 10-year-olds. Like, so it's 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 great to see it. Like, you know, Star Wars is a very silly movie. Like, and so it's good to see it get, be able to get back to its roots without taking itself too seriously. Praise yeah. Lord. Thousand percent. Mm-hmm. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Fuck Tell me. me that sentence is not middle fiction. Fuck me. <laughs> middle grade fiction, my mm-hmm. apologies. I'm really tired, guys. It's like 10 o'clock. You're doing great. <laughs> All right. Uh, at, at a gesture from Kate, I'm going to wrap us up. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to our first book episode in a hot minute uh, of the Book Wars pod. I can still read, guys. They gave me a degree. <laughs> Uh, everybody continue to stay safe, particularly as the pandemic gets worse uh, again. Uh, mask up, stay inside, get your vaccines and boosters as you are recommended to do so. Uh, our next episode, we're going to be reading Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. So, you know, we were talking about how light and fun this book is. So enjoy that feeling while it lasts. Uh, we're reading the first half of the book, which is through chapter 12. Uh, in the meantime, if you have the means, please a donate to uh the brave space alliance uh, at bravespacealliance.org and then 
after you do that, if you do want to support us, you can donate to the Touch Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Um, all of us here uh, from the humans to Argo, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony, thank you so much for listening. Our theme song is Whizbang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terror Design, and our audio and production are done by Kristen McDonald. I'm Chris for Kate, Rana, Keeks, and Miranda. We will see you next week. I hate you, Chris. I'm doing the best at this. Good job, team.